0: Chasing Cosby contains descriptions of violence, sexual content, and language that is not suitable for every audience. Please be advised. It's April 26, 2018, and it's a pleasant sunny day in Pennsylvania. But at the Montgomery County Courthouse, in the criminal case against Bill Cosby, there's tension in the air. All the evidence has been presented, and the jury is trying to decide if America's dad drugged and assaulted Andrea Constant in 2004. 63 women have accused the 80-year-old comedian of similar crimes. After deliberating for 14 hours, the jury reaches a verdict. Here's the four-person, Cheryl Carmel. We're getting lined up, and that's kind of when it
1: started hitting me that in just a few minutes we would be delivering a verdict, and that was kind
0: of a heavy emotional time frame for me at that point. If he's found guilty on all three counts of aggravated indecent assault, Cosby could spend the rest of his life behind bars.
2: Here's juror Diane Selza. We were all a little bit nervous. We knew the focus that was going to be on us. We knew the magnitude of this decision. There was a sense of relief as well. We knew we were delivering the proper verdict. The courtroom is silent as the jurors file in to take their seats.
1: As we're going into the courtroom, I'm feeling the nerves. And so we get in there, someone from the court staff takes the verdict sheet from me, takes it to the judge, hands it back to the court staff, and then asks me as the F-4 person to stand up.
0: From the Los Angeles Times, I'm Nikki Wisensee egan and this is Chasing Cosby. Part six, nobody is above the law.
3: Whether your new year's resolution is rising with the sun every morning or learning to love cardio, Parachute's quality home essentials make pushing your comfort zone much more comfortable. And setting these new routines will change the foundation of how you start and end each day. This year, I'm hoping to get to bed earlier each evening so that I have time to read more books. Now that I use Parachute's linen duvet cover, it makes it so much easier to stick to my goal because going to bed is just that much better. But Parachute is more than just luxurious materials. Their everyday essentials are designed in Los Angeles and responsibly manufactured by the world's best craftspeople. They'll only use the finest materials, ensuring long-lasting, quality home essentials. That's because Parachute believes that when we take care of home and the materials in it, it takes care of us. Visit ParachuteHome.com Cosby for free shipping and returns on Parachute's premium quality, very comfortable home essentials. That's ParachuteHome.com slash Cosby for free shipping and returns. Before
0: we get to that verdict, let's check back in with Andrea Constand. She'd already testified against Cosby in one criminal trial about what happened that January night in 2004. But the jurors were deadlocked. Moments after the judge calls a mistrial, the district attorney, Kevin Steele, turns to Andrea's attorney and says, We're doing this again. The judge schedules another criminal trial for April 2018. Andrea is on board to testify once again with the
4: details of her story. As any person going to battle, any warrior, we were, you know, we had been on a journey for so long. It was uncomfortable, but things in life aren't always comfortable, and sometimes you become a better person by doing uncomfortable things. I was ready. I was familiar with the courtroom. I knew where everybody was going to be sitting. I knew who the players were, although there were, you know, new players in the second trial. This time around,
0: Cosby hires a more aggressive attorney named Tom Mezzaro. He defended Michael Jackson against child molestation allegations a decade earlier.
4: It's kind of like the old, the old saying goes, you know, in sports, you have a shoot around and then you go to the game. The trial starts on April 9th,
0: 2018. Dr. Barbara Ziv takes the stand first. She's a forensic psychiatrist who specializes in sex crimes.
1: One of the most common rape myths is the belief that uh, individuals are sexually assaulted by strangers primarily. That's not true. Another is that victims of sexual assault avoid all subsequent contact with the perpetrator of the sexual assault. That is also the exception rather than the rule, especially when you're considering the 85% of individuals have been sexually assaulted by somebody they know.
0: The judge overseeing the trial is Stephen O'Neill. He allows five women, in addition to Andrea, who allege Cosby assaulted them, to testify. The DA will use them to demonstrate a pattern of predatory behavior. The first is Heidi Thomas.
5: I'm Heidi Thomas, and I was the first of the five accusers, to
0: testify at Bill Cosby's second trial. Heidi's testimony starts in 1984, the year of the Cosby Show's first episode. Heidi is a 24-year-old model and actress living in Denver. One day, her agency, JF Images, calls to offer acting lessons with an icon in the entertainment world.
5: I was told that this was Bill Cosby, which pretty much blew my mind. Cosby
0: calls her parents to say he'd like to fly Heidi to Reno, Nevada, to Harris Casino, where he is performing. Heidi and her parents are thrilled at the opportunity. When she lands in Reno, there's a car waiting. Instead of going to the casino, they drive to a house on the outskirts of town, where Cosby stays to avoid the paparazzi. He greets Heidi warmly when she arrives. Then they begin their one-on-one acting lessons. He asks her to read scripts for him to prepare for future auditions. One calls for the character to be intoxicated, so Cosby gives Heidi a glass of wine. I remember one
5: sip. I don't remember any other sips. I remember being on a bed with him forcing himself in my mouth, thinking, I feel so sick. I, I hope I don't throw up. How gross would that be to throw up on Bill Cosby?
0: That's pretty much all Heidi remembers from her acting lessons with Bill Cosby. He told me to follow up with him if I had any questions. So I flew to St. Louis, where he was then performing. She tries to confront him about the incident in St. Louis, but she isn't able to talk to him one-on-one about it. Heidi doesn't tell anyone what happened at first. She later confides in her husband and a therapist who was treating her anxiety. I now know that is
5: classic victim mentality, that... I thought I had done something wrong. I thought I had somehow miscommunicated I would do whatever it took to, I don't know, land a part on his show.
0: After Heidi shares her story, a full 34 years after the assault, the courtroom is spellbound. Shaylon Lasha is the next to testify. She's petite with close-cropped dark hair. Shailon is sobbing as she approaches the stand. She testifies she met the comedian in 1984 through her stepmother, who worked for a production company connected to Cosby. Shailon was an
6: aspiring model then. I was 17 years old at the time of the assault. I originally met Mr. Cosby when I was 15 years old. He befriended my grandparents, aided my home. The first time when he came to my home, my little brother and sister we're playing, all the kids in the neighborhood. And he comes with jello pudding pops. He passed them out to the children in my neighborhood. He would call me frequently. I would take pictures and send it to him. And he called my grandmother and told me that he wanted me at the Las Vegas Hilton. Though she has a
0: terrible cold, Shaylon goes to meet Cosby at the hotel. She thought she was going for a photo shoot for her modeling portfolio. When she gets there, Cosby notices Shaylon's under the weather and offers her an antihistamine. She takes the pill. A few minutes later, she's feeling woozy. Then she can't
6: move. I was in the Elvis Presley suite of Las Vegas Hilton. And I, he laid me in the bed and he laid next to me. And I couldn't move anymore after that. And I was saying to myself, Dr. Husband what are you doing to me? He kept pinching my breast, humping on my leg, and grunting, and I couldn't do nothing. And I woke up, um, about 16 to 17 hours later, with him clapping. Daddy says, wake up. Daddy says, wake up. I didn't know where I
0: was. Shailon remembers Cosby rushing her out of the hotel room. She manages to make it to her car and drives to her counselor's house to report what
6: happened. She said, we need to call the police. I said, what I'm going to say, I'm I'm embarrassed. I'm afraid. I got home, and I called my sister, and I told her. Then my phone rang shortly after that. And it was Mr. Cosby telling me, you know, people that talk too much can be quieted. And I said, what did you say to me? He said, people who talk too much can be quieted. And I just start crying and I hung up at the phone. And my life just went downhill for trusting in someone that you think is America's dad. I was a pageant queen, very athletic. I lost my modeling gigs, and my life went to hell. That's the day my mother said I left and never came back. My mother, before she passed of cancer, said, don't you think it's time for you to stand up and fight and get your life back? These other women need you. The world needs to hear your side. You can't be afraid anymore. So when I saw him in that courtroom, so much took over me. And when he looked at me, he knew what he did. He took a 17-year-old girl's innocence away, her future, her career. I just wanted to jump over and say, why? Why did you do this to me, Mr. Cosby? I said, you remember me now, don't you? I don't think I had enough time with him. Janice Baker-Kinney
0: takes the stand next. She's attractive with blonde shoulder-length hair and glasses. In 1982, Janice is a bartender at Harris Casino in Reno. She meets Cosby at a party at the house where he is staying. He offers her quaaludes, suggesting she take two at a time. She takes the pills.
7: I assumed that Bill Cosby was not planning on giving me something that would incapacitate me. They're playing backgammon in the kitchen when... I can vividly remember telling him this game is no longer fair. And he asked me why. And I said, because I can no longer see the board. And I passed out face planting right into the backgammon board. And that's the last I remember up to that point. I could speak because I do believe I said what happened. But moving or being able to walk anywhere on my own was not an option. I uh, woke up in the morning... And I was in bed with Bill Cosby. We were both naked. I uh, slowly came to realize that things had happened the night before, just from the stickiness of my legs and my inner thighs. Because I was a Harris employee, and I knew they sent maids and house cleaners there to clean up, I was so freaked out that my job would be in jeopardy. He did walk me to the door, and I recall opening the door and him stopping the door and saying, now this is just between you and me. And he put his finger to his lips, like, shh, kind of thing.
0: Cosby's lawyer, Tom Mezzaro doesn't let Janice go without a lengthy cross-examination. He questions her about the details of her story. At one point, when Janice catches him rolling his eyes, she calls him out right there in the courtroom. Did you just roll your eyes at me? It was a riveting moment. For so long, Heidi, Shaylon, Janice and so many others had lived with being groomed and drugged and assaulted by an extremely powerful man. They had no recourse until now when they could finally share their stories with the world in a court of law.
3: Between hitting the gym, eating cleaner, or learning a new skill, there are a lot of ways we can better ourselves in the new year. But I can't think of one resolution that's more important than tackling high-interest credit card debt. That's where Upstart.com comes in. Upstart is the revolutionary lending platform that offers smarter rates to help you pay off high interest credit card debt. Upstart believes you're more than just your credit score. They believe in you. That's why they go beyond the traditional credit score when assessing your credit worthiness. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate. And since it's just a soft pull, it won't even affect your credit score. The best part? Once the loan is approved and accepted, most people will get their funds the very next day. That's crazy. Just imagine what you can do with the power of a people-oriented lending platform propelling you forward. See for yourself why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. And hurry to upstart.com Cosby to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes, so go to upstart.com Cosby to get started today.
0: Janice Dickinson takes the stand next. Inside the courtroom, the retrial of Bill Cosby enters day four with the highly anticipated testimony of supermodel Janice Dickinson. Janice is slim with long brown hair. As a 27-year-old model, she's introduced to Cosby through her agent at the Ford Modeling Agency. Cosby invites her to Lake Tahoe, a resort town on the California-Nevada border where he's performing. Janice says that's where Cosby drugged and raped her. Here she is on MSNBC telling journalist Ronan Farrell what happened that night.
7: I remember being absolutely horrified when I felt him get on top of me and start to grunt. And I don't remember any conversation. And I remember feeling a lot of pain before I blacked out downstairs in my uh, vagina. And I felt it in my anus. Afterward,
0: Janice is shocked and humiliated, and she wants answers. So she says to Cosby, do you want to explain what happened last night? Because that wasn't cool. He says nothing and looks at her like she's crazy.
7: And I say to you, Bill Cosby, I've said it before and I'll say it again. You're one sick puppy. You're a dog. Lisa Lot lublin
0: testifies next. You can hear her story in the fifth episode of this podcast. Then Andrea Constant takes the stand. In as much detail as she can recall, Andrea walks the courtroom through what happened that January 2004 night. The little blue pills, the paralysis, the assault, the drive home. We won't rehash it all here because we shared it with you in episode one. But Andrea's story was even more gripping than it was the first time I heard
4: it. I think... It's just honest and truthful that we have emotions, and I did have to let those come through. And I think it goes back to really wanting to not think about the traumas or the uncomfortable moments in life. It's not what we want to think about. But again, it was the job that I had to do was to get up there and to say what had happened to me. It was very emotional.
0: Mesereau spends hours cross-examining Andrea, trying to point out
4: inconsistencies in her story. I thought it was degrading and very upsetting, but I did not let it get to me. Andrea's lawyer, Dolores Traiani, agrees. It seemed more vicious.
6: It
5: just seemed so out of place.
0: You know, calling her a liar, saying that she was a con artist. Cosby is unfazed by Andrea's testimony, but outside, his spokesman, Andrew Wyatt, has plenty to say. In this courthouse, where due process stands tall and strong, the truth will be shown, which will be supported by the factual evidence. And we believe that this American citizen, Mr. Cosby, should be found not guilty of all
4: charges. Have a great day.
0: Wyatt also gets into a verbal scuffle with lawyer Gloria Allred outside the courthouse. He begins to call her Gloria Awfulred.
5: You need to listen and don't interrupt. Okay, and I'm not your
0: child. But none of it bothers all red. I always feel if someone resorts to
5: calling me names, I've actually won my argument. They might as well hoist up the white flag of surrender when they do name calling, because then I know I'm probably right in my argument.
0: Wyatt did not respond to our request for comment about this interaction. Inside the courtroom, Meserel calls a Temple employee named Margot Jackson to the stand. Jackson testifies that in February 2004, she and Andrea were traveling with the women's basketball team. Jackson remembers Andrea saying, I'm going to set up a high-profile person to get money. Mesereau doesn't introduce any evidence to support these claims. But the prosecution finds expense reports for Margot's travel, and they end up disputing her claims. Because they're from February 2003, not February 2004. Mezero couldn't even prove Andrea and Margot shared a room on the trip. Andrea testified she didn't share a room with anyone when she traveled with the team. Now all the details in Margot Jackson's story are thrown into question. To me, Cosby's star witness had just gotten blown out of the water. On April 24, 2018, the attorneys give their closing arguments. It takes all day. Cosby's lawyers attack the women who testified. It's pretty vicious. And I notice a couple of jurors wince, like Diane Selza.
2: There were a few times I know my expression probably showed exactly what I was thinking. When women are being attacked the way they were being attacked, the offensive language that was being used, it was difficult to not react.
0: Kristen Fedden is one of the prosecutors delivering the closing argument for the DA. She admonishes Cosby's attorneys for ridiculing the women who testified. Then out of nowhere, Cosby starts laughing.
8: I saw Red and I was so disgusted and so disturbed by the fact that he was laughing at a very serious crime. I said, there's nothing funny about what you did to these women. There's nothing funny about stripping the autonomy of these women away. There's nothing funny about drugging and sexually assaulting these women.
0: It was an extraordinary encounter. Fed in ends her closing arguments by apologizing to Andrea.
8: I felt that it was really important in this particular case to make an apology to Andrea Constand because this trial was about trying to convict an individual who had sexually assaulted her. But what came out through this trial was that it was investigated and then closed without even notifying her in the appropriate way. And then she was called all sorts of names. She was victim-shamed, she was victim-blamed.
3: There's no better time to set goals than at the start of a new decade. But some goals can be hard to reach, especially when the first step seems insurmountable. Whether it's a hobby, a side hustle, or a full-time job, a website will help get the word out there. But building a website is daunting, especially when you're starting from scratch. That's where Squarespace comes in. Are you a designer ready to start freelancing, a furniture maker launching your first collection, or a personal trainer whose goal is to help others reach theirs? Squarespace allows you to turn any cool idea or project into a professional business with sleek, ready-to-use designs. Plus, drag-and-drop tools let you build a modern website by making these templates your own. Once you're all set up, Squarespace's e-commerce functionality lets you sell anything online with just a few clicks. Plus, analytics help you understand and grow your audience of customers, giving you real-time feedback on what's working and how to improve. And if you ever need any help, Squarespace has 24-7 award-winning customer support you can count on while you run your business effectively. To start reaching your own goals, go to squarespace.com slash chasingcosby for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use offer code chasingcosby to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash chasingcosby with offer code chasingcosby for 10% off.
0: With the closing arguments done, the jury begins its deliberations. Here's four-person Cheryl Carmel. During the
1: entire time we were sequestered, we were talking about everything else from uh, families, friends, uh, common acquaintances, anything other than the case itself. So we just went for a free-for-all and just discussed whatever we felt like discussing at that point. Once we got everything kind of off our chest and we were ready to sit down and start discussing the case, We went about it pretty methodically. Uh, We wanted to make sure everyone had a fair chance to give their point of
2: view. Here's juror Diane Selza again. You have 12 people that you're putting together who have a lot of opinions, some stronger than others. We disagreed on some things, but we were respectful of one another. The jury spends
0: a fair amount of time talking about an issue at the heart of the case. Consent. Cosby said what happened between him and Andrea in January 2004 was consensual.
2: Andrea said it was not. I think everybody instinctively felt they knew what consent meant, but from a legal perspective, we weren't sure if there was a different definition. The jury sends a note to the judge requesting a definition of the word, but... The judge basically told us there is no definition in the state of Pennsylvania. So we had to pretty much come up with our own interpretation of what consent means.
0: Next... They debate the credibility of the women who had shared their stories of being drugged and assaulted by Cosby. The jurors end up finding them
2: all credible. It's harder to sort out the details of Margot Jackson's story, though. We really felt it was important to re listen to Margot's testimony. Since she was really critical to the defense, we wanted to give a fair assessment. All of these women deserved a fair trial, and Andrea in particular.
0: The jurors also want to make sure they understand Cosby's side of the story. He never testified in the trial, but a Montgomery County detective read excerpts from Cosby's deposition, and a Cheltenham police sergeant read the statement Cosby had given police in 2005. Basically, Cosby said that night with Andrea was consensual. Here's Cheryl Carmel again.
1: We're looking at America's dad. We're looking at a legend um, that's been around for quite a few years. And we wanted to make sure that we heard everything correctly. When it came to making the final decisions, I read each one of the charges, I looked at each one of the jurors and had them tell me what their vote would be, whether it would be guilty or not guilty. We were unanimous on all charges from all, all the jurors that were there.
0: So I knocked on the door and I simply said, we've reached a verdict. I was just about to head to lunch when we were summoned back to court, so I rushed in to take my seat. The jury files in, looking somber. Carmel stands up and hands the verdict sheet to a court official. She reads the three charges aloud and asks Carmel to deliver the verdict for each.
7: Major breaking news are coming into CNN
3: or right now. There's been a verdict that has been reached in the Bill Cosby trial. The comedian has
7: been found guilty on all counts. It was a stunning development for the 80-year-old comedian who was once known as America's dad.
1: The first time I said guilty, the courtroom erupted. It was very emotional. It was very riveting for me. So my hands were shaking, but each time I said the words guilty, then um, I felt stronger and stronger as that went through.
0: I was stunned. After more than a decade of covering Cosby, a jury had found him guilty. It was truly hard to absorb. Before the courtroom empties out, District Attorney Kevin Steele moves to revoke Cosby's bail. Steele points out Cosby has a private plane and could flee the country. Suddenly, Cosby yells, He doesn't have an airplane, you asshole. I'm sick of that guy. It's the only time Cosby loses his composure during two and a half years in court. For just a moment, the mask slipped and we saw the real Bill Cosby. It was surreal. Here's Lisa Lot Lublin from episode five. She testified about Cosby drugging and assaulting her at the trial. I could not
4: believe that he was convicted as much as it was real. And it was there, and it was everything I ever wanted to be an outcome of part of the situation. I felt like I could breathe. I felt like
7: I had a new road in front of me for healing.
0: Lily Bernard, a.k.a. Mrs. Minifield, was in the courtroom with survivor Therese Sergnies when the verdict came down.
3: We couldn't believe it, and so we were like... Oh! We gasped. We made a loud noise of gasping, and and the judge was like, he banged his gavel like, you know, quiet. We're in the court. We broke out crying.
5: I heard Lily cry, and I think I went down to hide my head because I knew we we're going to get kicked out if we made a peep, and um, so I ducked. <laughs> I was uh, I was shocked. We did get kicked out, and in the hallway, I just I just looked out. And he's, Guilty!
3: Guilty! We were just overwhelmed with emotion. We couldn't contain our emotion. And we left just sobbing and sobbing.
0: A few days after the trial ends, Camille Cosby releases a statement lashing out at the DA and the media. She compares her husband's case to Emmett Till's, the African-American teen lynched in Mississippi after being falsely accused of leering at a white woman.
3: In a statement released today, Camille Cosby says last week's guilty verdict against her husband was, quote, mob justice.
0: Cosby's spokespeople call the verdict a public lynching on Good Morning America. Some 60 women have
5: accused Bill Cosby uh, of of various indiscretions of sexual harassment. You're saying all these women, all 60 women are lying?
8: May I ask a question? Since when are all women honest? We can take a look at Emmett's Hill for example.
0: This
7: became a public lynching.
0: Andrew Wyatt would later go on to say Cosby endured the most racist and sexist trial in the history of the United States and that the recorded call that the prosecution entered into evidence, the one between Gianna Constand and Bill Cosby, was inauthentic. When we reached out to Wyatt about this statement, he declined to comment. Here's one of the prosecutors, Kristen Fedden.
8: As a Black American, to be called racist it was extremely offensive for me, especially for a case where three of our prior bad
0: act witnesses were Black females. Lily Bernard also took issue with a
3: response from the Cosby camp. Bill Cosby was using the race card to try to solicit pity for him. That infuriated me because that was sullying the memory of real civil rights heroes. I seriously
0: considered the parallels between Bill Cosby and Emmett Till, whether the comedian had been wrongly accused in the same way that Emmett Till had, and the idea that this guilty verdict was like a public lynching for Cosby. But in the end, I didn't think this case was about race. It was about how Cosby used his power, wealth, and privilege to escape justice for nearly half a century. Five months after the verdict comes down, Judge O'Neill sentences Cosby to three to 10 years in a state prison. Bail is denied. The judge tells the courtroom, nobody is above the law and no one should be treated differently or disproportionately because of where they live or who they are in terms of wealth, fame, celebrity, or even philanthropy. It is time for justice. Cosby slowly removes his suit jacket and tie and rolls up his shirt sleeves to prepare himself for the handcuffs. He leaves the courtroom clutching his cane awkwardly between shackled hands. Since then, Cosby's been in a maximum security state prison, not far from the suburban Philadelphia home where the encounter with Andrea took place. He maintains his innocence. Believing he got an unfair trial, his lawyers filed an appeal last summer. That appeal was denied. At the beginning of this year, they filed another appeal. Bill Cosby's fall from grace did make me sad. It was finally clear to me that Cliff Huxtable, the man who left millions of Americans wishing he was their father, was never anything more than fiction. A character, a persona Cosby invented, then skillfully used to get what he wanted. Yes, he did a lot of good with his comedy and philanthropy. He broke boundaries in Hollywood. But how many recipients of his educational trusts were also his victims? Are there other victims who have yet to come forward? Will his enablers ever be held accountable for their actions? We'll probably never know the answers to these questions. One thing is clear, though. Andrea Constan accomplished what she set out to do back in 2005. She spared other women from going through what she went through. And she got justice. She paved the way for other victims of sexual assault to come forward. And with Cosby in prison, Andrea was able to close a very painful chapter in her life. She started a foundation called Hope, Healing, and Transformation to help other survivors cope with the
4: trauma of sexual assault. It's been a long journey, and I've gone from being very broken very whole, and as I sit here today, I am the best Andrea that I've ever been in my life. What's given me hope is that I can really move forward and touch more lives in a way that I never even dreamed possible. I am in the health and wellness field, and I do believe that there is an importance to healing, and I'm really looking forward to helping people as I move on. Chasing Cosby is reported and hosted by me,
0: Nikki wisensee egan It's a Los Angeles Times podcast and a production of LA Times Studios and Herzog & Company. Our producer is Alexandra Zaslow. Our audio engineers are Angus Spottiswood, Pete Ciarto, Brett Whitlow, Mike Heflin, and Eric Montgomery. Production help from Paige Heimson, Nicholas Ward, Kristen Brown, Hudson Hayward, Chris Lecky, Juan Manuel Rangel, Aaron Sands, and Robert Glenn Smith. The original music you heard in this podcast was composed by Allison Layton Brown. Our sound design is by Snap Sound. Thanks to everyone who granted us access to their archives. You can find the list at latimes.com/chasingcosby. Chasing Cosby is executive produced by Abby Fentress Swanson for the Los Angeles Times, Mark Herzog, and Andy Beckerman for Herzog and Company and me, Nikki Wysensey-Egan. Special thanks to Clint Schaff, Camilla Victoriano, Julia Turner, Lina Anwar, Jeff Glasser, Allison Farias, Brittany Height, Mary-Kate Mativier, Valerie Barsky, Jessica Boardman, Aviva Bergman, Jonathan Fisher, Samantha Taylor, Janet Shepard, Taylor Kobel, Raleigh Stewart, Haley Wagner, Rachel Downs, Edvin Melikyan, Joe Kaufman, Kirby Size, Avantika Nimbalker, and all the survivors who were courageous enough to tell their stories in this podcast. If you're the victim of sexual assault or know someone who is, you can get help by calling the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-4673. And if you'd like to learn more about this story, check out my book, Chasing Cosby.